and welcome to the Boss Stuff Podcast, episode 375. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Boss Stuff. And today I am so delighted to be talking through all things ambition and gratitude with Kyla Holcomb of Better Up. Kyla is a senior consultant in People Insights at BetterUp, where she works with global organizations to achieve their goals through evidence-based coaching, positive psychology, and science-based people development strategies. She spent her career consulting with Fortune 500 organizations on employee experience, well-being, and leadership development, as well as talent management, inclusion, and belonging. Kyla is passionate about helping organizations achieve their strategic priorities by creating positive employee experiences that empower people to bring their best selves to work. Kyla earned her PhD in industrial and organizational psychology from Colorado State University and still resides in Denver, where she enjoys all things Colorado with her husband, two daughters, family, and friends. Kyla and I recently connected via LinkedIn and then over... Uh, coffee turned ice cream (laughs) that we'll tell you more about here. And in today's episode, we are talking through what does it feel like to be a woman with ambition in the era of quiet quitting and anti-ambition? And is it ever okay to take your foot off the gas pedal and actually just practice gratitude and feel content with what you have? These questions and more are what we are about to dive into. So without further ado, Kyla, welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. I'm thinking it was just, what, maybe a month and a half ago when we crossed paths as HR professionals in the Denver area, and I asked you out to coffee, which then led to not a coffee meeting, but rather an ice cream meeting. (laughs) Uh, It was awesome. It was awesome. (laughs) And then you and I had, like, one of the nerdiest conversations I've had in a long time because you have a wealth of education and expertise on all the same subject matter that I care so much about that we talk so much about here. So thank you for being willing to to continue that conversation on the pod. I'm delighted to have you here. Awesome. No, right back at you. It's really fun to meet folks locally Mm. and nerd out about good information that I think can make our lives better, right? We're all just trying to figure out how to make our lives better. Absolutely. So I appreciate it. You're reaching out. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this work. You're at Better Up now, but you've had quite a, uh, you know, you've had quite a run in the leadership development space and psychology in the workplace. So tell me how you ended up pursuing your PhD and why you found yourself um, studying this work and working in this field. Yeah, you bet. So I did. I went to school for psychology and business fell in love with the intersection of the two, which I did not know existed before I went to school. So organizational psychology or the very lengthy kind of annoying title of industrial organizational psychology, for those who haven't heard of it, is all about studying people at work. And I really loved that there are so many applications. And so I went on to pursue a graduate degree, got deep into understanding motivation Mm. very broadly. Mm -hmm. What engages people? How do we motivate ourselves? How do we motivate others? And then leadership is such a piece of that. Um, But really understanding like what we can own. And then as leaders, like what's our responsibility in setting the context and the environment? That has sort of been a thread through my whole career of when I was employee experience work and surveys, understanding that as well as now at BetterUp 
we're all about human behavior transformation. I love that. And so like, how do we actually build new habits? And we do that primarily through coaching, um, but also various interventions like we're going to talk about today that either as leaders or as individuals, we can think about how do we build new skills? How do we build the mindsets Mm. that help us show up better? Yeah. And there's such a you know, science behind that in terms of building those new neural pathways, right? You want to change your behavior, you got to rewire your brain. So I hear you have a leadership intervention in store for us today. Do you want to go there next? I'm game. Yes. So during our coffee ice cream chat, we had been talking about a lot of things, but it came up sort of naturally that something we're hearing a lot right now is this tension between feeling gratitude, Mm. feeling content, And also, most of the people that I know are ambitious. We want to do the next best thing. There's some other goal we have in mind. And then also right now, the world's a little bonkers. And so how do we weigh that? And so I wanted to start with this gratitude practice Mm. that is super fun because we know there's a lot of power to gratitude. So play with me. Um, Anybody who's listening, if you're able to play with me, if you have access to a pen, computer, if you don't, you're driving, for example, please be safe. This is meant to be off the cuff, right? So just first thing that comes to mind, what is something you're thankful for at work? Oh, at work? And you don't have to say it out loud. Just think it to yourself. Write it down. I'm going to write mine down too. Who is someone at work that you're thankful for? Mm. Who is someone in your personal life that you are especially thankful for? Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do something a little crazy. I know we put our phones away because we're filming, but like get out your phone. If you're able to send a message, actually message one of those two people and say like, hey, thinking about you, love you, miss you, right? Mm -hmm. Now, depending on who this person is, like cater your message. And if this is new to you, they might respond back with worry because (laughs) it's like, are you okay? What's going on? Where are you at? Um But I think something that's really great with gratitude is it actually is this muscle. Mm. And the more we build it, the more we find regular opportunities to practice it, whoever you just texted isn't going to think it's weird. It's just going to put that smile on their face. Mm. My um, grandpa growing up tried to stay up with technology, and he used to call us randomly, call my mom and say, hi, it's dad. This is a fax. And he would leave a voicemail because ah! he didn't understand what a fax was. But th- I, I think that sort of flow, yeah. building it in, we actually did that at the beginning of a company all hands. And you could just <sighs> feel the mood. You could see the smiles. People were getting out, right? Yeah. And then it, it kind of opens up communication to whomever you reached out to. I so that. a lot of what I wanted to talk about today is like, how do we build more of that? Yeah. In addition to paying attention to the ambitions, the awesome things that you want to do. Absolutely. Because it does feel like those two forces pull you in opposite directions at times. So I want to dive into that. But before we do, I can't send a text at the moment because I turned my phone on airplane mode. But the person I wrote down (laughs) is sitting right in front of me. So I figured I should probably articulate why I appreciate Anna, our marketing coordinator, so much. I love that. Because she is, I wrote, so hardworking, so helpful, and so agile. So Anna, I just want to tell you that I so appreciate your addition to the team. She's blushing right now. Uh, That's all your (laughs) fault, Kyla. But I do love, I, I think there's power to not just writing it down and reflecting it but actually communicating it to that person. Let's carry that torch forward, Kyla, because 
I'm flooded with good feeling hormones now, right? Like all of that gratitude feels so good. And I do think we live in a world that feels like taking stock of what you have, being grateful for where you're at, even, dare I say, feeling content in one's life, feels like the opposite of striving, feels like the opposite of having goals and ambitions. And here at Bossed Up, you know, we started back in 2013 with little buttons that said proudly ambitious. And it was such a radical act to be an openly, unapologetically ambitious woman in a world that taught us to be demure and coy. And I feel honestly like a dinosaur (laughs) in 2022 because there is such a climate now of anti-ambition, anti-girl boss culture, anti-hustle culture, all of which I understand and I can relate to on some level. Um, You know, we're all burnt out. I get the mass burnout that's happening right now and I want to validate that. But does that mean we have to, you know, not have goals? Like, how are we renegotiating our relationship to work right now? And how does gratitude and ambition both play a role in that? Do you see those macro trends kind of impacting the ambition conversation? 100%. 100%. And what's so interesting with BetterUp, we've had, I think it's upwards of 1.5 million coaching sessions. Wow. We have a ton of qualitative data our coaches help us understand what the conversation is about. None of that, of course, is ever shared individual sure. basis, but we surface and aggregate the themes. And very often, people, especially women, come wanting to focus on career development, even now. Yeah. How interesting. Why do you think and that I is? Think, well, I think some of the change is we're actually getting a bit better at thinking more holistically about what success and ambition mm. can mean. People are super burnt out. So it's like... In um in one of the the teams that that we were working with, they actually in their KPIs shared how many babies were born in the last year, yeah. and that they supported teammates going on leave wow. was actually one of their success indicators because it's such a piece of their culture and their work, yeah. and that's beautiful. So I think people are renegotiating and over the last several years between the pandemic mm. and social and political events, like there's sort of a values and priority realignment going on for a lot of people. And there's a still strange employee turnover, retention, great resignation, great reclamation, whatever we're calling it now. (laughs) And then there's quiet quitting. Um, People are figuring out what ambition means, Mm. but I don't think inherent drive to do better, to continue to have goals, to think about what's mm. next, to keep learning, whatever intrinsically motivates you, like that's never going to go away. That's such a good point that like, you know, back in the day when I first started, we talked about ambition being holistic in focus. And we just as a team um, checked in on our life tracker planners. I don't think you and I ever talked about this uh, over ice cream, but <laughs> we created a proprietary planner back in the day with, uh, in conjunction with one of my advisors, Professor Anastasia Pochopsova-Ghosh, who is, who studied and got her PhD at Yale in gender and decision-making. And together with her research and sort of my willingness to throw some ideas against the wall, we created this planner that basically on a monthly basis helps you realign your priorities across work, love, and wellness and looks at that holistic picture for success because, man, does it feel good to check those little action items off. Man, does that progress principle apply here. You know, you feel that sensation of forward momentum 
that researcher Teresa Amabile talks about that wants or that gets you wanting to get up and keep going. So I think you're right in that I think if we define ambition as being only relegated to the career space, then yeah, there's a realignment happening there. There might be that might be going out of style. <laughs> but if we think of ambition yeah. more holistically as like I want to work less. I want to spend more time with my kid. I want to be healthier. I want to feel stronger. You know, those are goals too. And we can have that kind of ambition living alongside gratitude, can't we? Yeah. Well, tell me if you're seeing this or hearing this from the women you're working with. We've reshifted a bit, but then there's still this itch, mm-hmm. that tension yeah. of like, we are we are competitive by our human nature. Mm. So all of a sudden, maybe you are feeling more content. You've done a bit of like simplification and I'm working less and focusing on priorities. But then you see your colleagues starting to lean in a little uh-huh. more. Or you see someone getting a little bit of recognition for something you were involved in that you didn't get. Like, I think that by nature of that, there still will be attention for actual work ambition. Yeah, Um, And through many, many years of doing employee engagement surveys, two top drivers of engagement, almost irregardless of industry, how long the company had been around, et cetera, Mm. feeling like you're learning and growing, and you're confident you can achieve your career goals at that company, we're always top of the list. Oh, what an interesting set of of sort of motivators, right? Why else yeah. would you be engaged? Why else would you stick around, you know, if you don't feel like you can achieve your personal goals where you are professionally? I love that. And learning and yeah. growing is, I think, a human need, right? There's a, there's an yeah. intellectual yeah. stimulation there that is so exciting. So the women we work with, uh, especially in our Level Up Leadership Accelerator here at Bossed Up, sometimes I feel like they get to the top of our customer journey at Bossed Up. They've done every program we have. And then they go, what's next? And like, is it okay for me to just be content? Literally, I've had some of our clients say like, is it okay if I don't strive for a hot second. And I almost don't know how to answer that question. First of all, I'd love to continue to provide a pathway to continued involvement here at Bust Up. That's something we're working on. But, you know, what do you say to the person who may, like, where is that fine line between gratitude, contentment, or feeling complacent? I think that's the fear behind um, that calmness can sometimes be uncomfortable. Yeah. One, we see in in a lot of our work with customers that we have a whole labs team that does ongoing research that sort of a director level for women in particular is really tough Yeah, to break into that next level. There's fewer and fewer role models. There's fewer other women to look to, especially if you're talking about underrepresented groups, people of color. And so especially if that's where your your point of contentment is, mm. there's still maybe that drive and itch to go on. And so there's something working against us. Like basic psychology, cognitive dissonance, our brain does not like when we have beliefs that are in conflict. Mm. So how can I be happy with where I'm at and also want a pay raise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I be really grateful for this company that has amazing benefits and takes care of me, but I also want a promotion and I want to achieve that next title. And so a lot of times it is something formal. So I, I think the key here, there's another theory that I think is really fascinating 
called the broaden and build theory. And so this theory talks about emotions. So negative emotions constrict us. Mm. They really narrow our thinking. And if you think about like fight, flight, or freeze, Mm -hmm. when you face a threat, your mind is focused and zeroed in on that and it's going to impact your behavior. Yes. Whereas if we have positive emotions, they actually broaden. Right. Like expansive thinking. Yeah. 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 They make folks more creative. They make you more open to new experiences. Mm. And so the more we can elicit positive emotions for ourselves, for others, that actually builds resources over time to be resilient, to have the motivation maybe to go up for that promotion and and get through whatever grind it may be to get Mm. there. And so I think the reframe is like, it's not actually in conflict to be happy with where you're at and want something else. Both can be true. Mm. It's almost like, have you seen that Disney movie Inside Out? I yeah, kids. I love that. Yeah. And they, these little characters in the brain, right? And and not to have a spoiler, but one of the messages is like, we can have dual emotions all at the right. same time. And that's actually some of the most powerful emotion to have. So how to, even for ourselves, when we're in that rut or thinking about like, I don't know, if you catch yourself complaining, like how to lean into gratitude and recognize like something is really drawing me Mm. to whatever else it is that I want. Like both can be true. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I wonder, you mentioned that sort of competitiveness as a part of the Hmm. drivers earlier. And I do feel like there's a a light side and a dark side to all of this, right? Like this is all a double-edged sword. And I wonder like, how do we harness competition or optimism without it becoming um, like the comparison trap of keeping up with the Joneses, chasing that shiny something, then we can be happy when, versus when we talk about positivity and optimism, how do we prevent that from becoming toxic positivity? Like no negative emotions here, happy smiles only, you know? So I feel like all of these motivational drivers, and you know a lot about the psychology of motivation, right? They can all be kind of taken too far, can't they? How do we find that happy medium? To me, it comes down to authenticity. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. when I talk about gratitude or when we coach about recognition, for example, like turning gratitude into the action of appreciation. Oh, yeah. It can become exactly what you're talking about. Like if it's just pleasantries and if it's, I think importantly, if it's too broad, like great job team. Oh, right, right, right. Sometimes that feels nice, but the more specific we can make something, Mm. that actually has a lot of power in it. So the way you just did with Anna. Yeah. Like you commented on a few specific things. Yeah. The more we can call out our peers, our teammates, our our direct reports, et cetera, like what exactly did you appreciate about them? Mm. And it just becomes more natural. And that way it doesn't even have to feel overly gushy. Like if you're not the emotional, like – yeah, feelings type. Make you tear yeah. up kind of person. (laughs) Like appreciation doesn't have to be that. it can. One of one of the leaders that, that I know while well, she started a shout out station Cute. with her team, sent little Thomas the train, models to everybody, and in every team meeting, yeah. they have shout out station time. Nice. And I think that's one key to making all of this balance is like we build habits, mm. including gratitude through consistency. Totally. Yeah. 
I love that. So if it's just a normal part of your meeting to start out with some shout outs, like that's not going to feel weird. It's going to feel like this is something we do. And it starts to help you notice the things you're grateful for. It helps you notice the shout outs you want to make later on in the week or in the next Monday meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Gratitude builds self-awareness for sure. Um, Something that I like too on a personal level is thinking about like how do you reframe the dinner conversation? Yeah. Instead of – How was your day? day? (laughs) How was your day, right? If you do something like, hey, what was the highlight today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Roses and thorns. Yeah. Again, if this is something new, it might feel forced. It's like picking up, you know, golf club for the first time. It's going to feel a little Mm -hmm. weird. But if it becomes a normal part of your conversation, how you welcome whoever it is that's in your house. Yeah. It's going to be normal. And y'all are just like, even if, and there's always an option to your point of being like, you know what? Today was not a good day. Yeah. And that's not shamed. That's an acceptable answer. Yeah. Totally. You're, it's so interesting. But I think if we ask and seek for these positive things, that's where we wire our brains to look for yeah. them. So there can be this balance of gratitude and an itchiness mm-hmm. to, to go for whatever it is that's yeah, next. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's definitely a fine line, isn't it? I, I love that you're talking a little bit about personal practices too. You're a parent of two under four, right? Uh, yep. And so I'm new to the parenting scene. I, my son is 13 months as of this recording. And I cannot help but see how much conscious parenting conversations – feel like positive psychology in the workplace. Like they they don't feel that different. We're rewiring our colleagues' brains and our own brains, but we're just plain wiring our little ones' brains, hopefully better than ours mm-hmm. were originally, right? We're trying to iterate generationally. And it, it is interesting. Do you see – do you ever take lessons from the lab folks and the researchers at BetterUp and apply them to how you're raising your littles? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> hundred percent. hundred percent. We, before bedtime, not every night, but a lot of nights, yeah. we'll do a what are you thankful for. Um, That's cute. We we don't necessarily pray, but I, I find that this is sort of a human nature thing, right? But whether it's a mantra, mm-hmm. a meditation, prayer, like gratitude is something that we are wired to do and it's really powerful. Yeah. And so something I love about my three-year-old is, is sometimes she'll say like, we just were traveling to see some family and she's like, I was thankful that we were up in the clouds. She got to go on an airplane. She was thankful that her aunt brought some crafts that we got to play with. But then sometimes it turns into a little bit of like Anchorman, like I love lamp, like, and I'm thankful (laughs) for these flower sheets. (laughs) And I'm thankful for my pajamas, right? But that in itself is actually kind of beautiful. If you just look around. That is so funny. There is probably something to be grateful Oh, my for. God. Um, and the more we're paying attention, the more we notice it. I love that so much. You're making me think – so yeah. once at Bossed Up, um, many months ago now, during a very kind of trying time, I think, in our business, we took um, five minutes to meditate every morning together as a team. Mm-hmm. And everyone still talks about that month. It's funny we haven't repeated that since. But everyone still talks about that month as like a nice practice. And I think – the gratitude piece is different than just the the awareness that comes with meditation. It yeah. depends, of course, on the kind of meditation you're doing. But I would love to build that into our team practices because, you know, 
I think specifically here at Boss Up, we are very ambitious. We're helping women who are ambitious, but we ourselves are women who are ambitious. And so when thinking about how are we going to grow this business, how are we going to drive success, how are we going to serve more people, I think we can get so caught up in that, you know, anxious pursuit. And I think a lot of us here, myself included, run a little anxious in general, that we lose track of like how impressive it is what we have already. And that I would love Mm -hmm. to steal that gratitude, thankful practice uh, for our team. I think we might need some of that. I don't know. I find myself trying to be the cheerleader sometimes of a team. And how have you found as a coach or as the coaches you work with, like how do you help cultivate a culture of gratitude amongst a group of strivers? I'm thinking of sales teams that we've worked Mm -hmm. with and, you know, tech companies and finance companies where it's pretty cutthroat. These are hardcore ambitionistas. Like how do you cultivate gratitude amongst a crowd that's a little bit wary about it? So I think it's so important, especially if if you are a higher level leader, to remember the power of modeling. And mm. it's so easy when if you're leading a function or even higher than that, just giving somebody a shout out back to that shout out station, like it's so yeah. meaningful. And so I think yeah. those like small in the moment opportunities to say like, hey, I saw you go out of your way to do this, or hey. I really appreciated that idea. Can I learn more about that? Or can you send me, right? Like modeling the appreciation and making it Mm. specific is going to show like, this is just something we do. Um, Yeah. The thing that I found is sometimes finding someone you trust and asking them to be your ally a little bit. Like I was talking with one woman leader and she was saying, I feel constantly overlooked by some of these things I want to be known for. Mm. I want to be known Mm. for the strategic planning. I want to be known for the data and bringing data-driven decisions into that strategic plan. But my manager is constantly suggesting, she's two coworkers that were like coming up beginning, and she's like, why am I constantly being overlooked for this? And so Hmm. we were talking through and I was like, do you think you could just ask her? Like, hey, can I be your go-to on the next project that has this and she's like yeah so then we were brainstorming some language and it's like leaning into the gratitude piece how might you say like Mm. I'm really excited to be involved in more work that's focused on strategic planning or I find a lot of enjoyment I'm really wanting to hone my skills where I get to go do some deep data analysis that is I think if I had to pick a focus like can you help me do that that's almost like mm. a way to express gratitude that does funnel and feed this ambition, yeah. right? So I think some of that and like self-advocacy, but that. in a way that expresses oh, gratitude yeah. is like reinforcing to your boss, like, this is what I want to be doing. Can you help me? Put me in, coach, yep. right? Absolutely. And like, hello, put me to good use for our bottom yep. line. Help me help yep. you, right? Yep. I think gratitude can be a really helpful reframe of that. But it does require that self-awareness that we all have more power than we know or than we have been taught to think. And, you know, whether or not you have authority to be the strategic planner on your team, that does not prevent you from starting to strategically plan. From Like I, I coach a lot of our women leaders in Level Up are emerging leaders, which is what we call women who don't yet have direct reports but mm-hmm. aspire too soon. 
or team leaders who do have direct reports. And for the emerging leaders in particular, they're going through level up alongside current managers, whether they're first-time managers or, or seasoned managers. And sometimes they feel like, well, I can't apply you know, what we learned about visioning and strategic planning because it's not my job to have a vision. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. It's not in my job description to be a strategic planner. And then without fail on our coaching calls, I say, well, what would it look like to like try anyway (laughs) and start anyway and bring this to your boss? And then they do, sometimes quite nervously. And then their bosses go, oh, damn, yeah, let me put you in. Like That sounds like a quarterback type of a plan. Let me put you in in a much more significant way. And maybe we need to get you some more headcount so that you can really spend more time here, right? So it doesn't happen all the time that way. Yep. There are certainly more roadblocks structurally that, that we run into. But that prerequisite is remembering that you have the power to advocate for yourself, whether they make it easier or harder yep. for you. Um, so I, I just love that, that where gratitude, as you mentioned, can help make that feel less selfish and more appreciative yep. in that process. Well, and something I've, I've told my team to do, and to your point, like self-awareness is hard, especially when we come back to what we talked about at the beginning, where it's like, yeah, gosh, we're all reevaluating priorities. What am I doing? Literally, yeah. what am I doing, right? Can be like your, your main yeah. feeling of the day. So I yeah. always recommend keeping a running list of your experience in your current role. And that does yeah. a couple things. You actually document your achievements. If you get off an awesome project, you just get off an awesome call, maybe you get to do a fun podcast with an amazing other woman, (laughs) you go to this document, you date it, and you write it down. And then brag book that. By nature, you're going to scan the other things that you've been doing over the past six months, year, et cetera. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you get to see and get to have some gratitude of like, wow, I've actually done more than I am remembering because when we're in the moment, mm. it's really hard to think back a month, six yeah. months. The other thing that this does- Irene on our team is always saying, what did I even do Seriously? today? Or like, we'll have a quarterly review and she'll be like, I don't know what I did this quarter. And I'm like, no, that's not true. I know exactly all the amazing things you did this quarter. Let's take inventory. So you're right. You know, if you're used to just plowing through those tasks, it can take serious effort to like remember what the hell you did. So I love that advice. The other thing it does is if and when you decide a career move is right for you, making your resume Mm. is a whole heck of a lot easier because you've already (laughs) bulleted out yeah, and, and I highlighted some of your achievements you're most proud of. Um, yeah. One of my favorite quotes I've learned since being at BetterUp and that we talk about all the time in our coaching and our data is like, we don't actually learn from experience. We learn from reflecting mm. on experience. And if we don't take that time out for reflection, like we don't that. have the self-awareness. And then mm. I think the ambition piece where some people start to feel frustrated is like there's just not clarity. Like you want to do something else, but you don't know what. Yeah, like yeah. What is that? that sort of restlessness. Yeah. That's all about values yeah. and priority okay. alignment, right? Which you can get by going back to all the successes you currently had. What brings you joy? What gives you energy and what drains you? Like that's to where coaching totally. can come in and be really powerful is to have somebody really reflect back, help guide you through whatever that next right yeah. decision is. And maybe that's taking a downshift and quiet quitting yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. 
Or maybe it's Yeah, not. which is totally Maybe fine. it's going out for that promotion <laughs> because the time is right yeah. for you. Well, this is this brings me to my final question for you. I know this is, by the way, indicative of how long we could have talked over ice cream too, but uh, I have to let you go at some point. But before I do, I did want to ask, especially as a, a mom of young children, right? I think so many women at this stage in our lives and careers feel like we're up against this quiet or not so quiet assumption that the higher I rise, the less work-life balance I can expect. And so a lot of us get a little freaked out. I mean, this is Sheryl Sandberg's entire Mm -hmm. book's premise, right? We take our foot off the gas pedal, our ambition starts to wane because we think, well, maybe I have other things that I want to pay more attention to, like these living, breathing humans that I created, Mm -hmm. right? So how, how do we, how do you interpret that? Like, do you, in fact, feel like the higher you rise in your career, uh, the more demand you have for your time in terms of work? And how would you counsel women who are navigating the upshift or downshift and want to know, am I going to have time and space to pursue the things I want to pursue personally mm-hmm. while also keeping my professional identity alive? Yep. Through my own experience and a lot of our data, I have seen models of both. And I think it's Mm. highly dependent on the culture that you're in. Mm -hmm. And depending on what level you're at, but even if you're a first-time manager, like that is your first opportunity to model that maybe you get to be the exception. Right. You want to live. You want to set good boundaries, right? And I think it comes back to that. What we were talking about is like almost we need to like Marie Kondo our work lives to like oh hell simplify, yeah focus on what brings us joy and if you do that inventory and then cross map it with like what if that is actually most critical to the business mm-hmm. how do you focus on that and align your team around that like that's gonna have a lot of power and so I, yeah. I do think sometimes increase in level, we see like urgency, like the time and the fires mm. that come on your plate and in your door, virtual or otherwise, like mm. maybe that is something. But in all of what we've seen, ButterUp is all about whole person. So by building personal resources, yeah. you're going to make better decisions when you're thrown a fire. You're not going to snap right. and rip someone's head off when a hard conversation comes right. your way. So it actually is that idea truly of like, if you take care of yourself, even when those big demands come, like that's how you're going to thrive and model that it's possible for your team. Um, And the other thing. And if it's not possible at the current place you're at, like it's not impossible everywhere. Right. right? So like that is worth looking for or creating if you have the ability to do so. Because I do think – Parents can be some of the most efficient and creative workers mm-hmm. <laughs> if given the, if given clear deliverables, yeah. right? If my KPIs are clear and my I know exactly what my manager needs from me for me to be successful, then ideally it's up to me how to make that happen. It's up to me how to achieve mm-hmm. that. And parents with limited time can get very creative and very efficient at how we go about achieving those KPIs. So that's my that's my goal and my hope for everyone. I just know it doesn't exist in every workplace, yeah. you yeah. know? So it's – is it – but it is – I hear you saying it's, it's out, out there. there. It's possible. It's out there. It's, and social support is so important. It is one of the biggest predictors of motivation, prevention of burnout. 
And there's actually some really interesting research if we're talking about like career growth. Social network mm. analysis has shown we have strong ties and weak ties. So your strong ties think your family, mm-hmm. your besties, you know, your your work people yeah. that you go to. Your weak ties might be like like you and I. This is this is one of our very first yeah. conversations. It's folks that you're networking with. We actually get more opportunities via our weak ties. Interesting. But if you think about it, your huh. friends already know what you love. They've already told you all the things yeah, that they true. think you might be interested in. Whereas if you keep yeah, a really healthy true. network of these kind of more periphery people, authentically, yeah. of course. Um, right. If you reach out to them, build real relationships, like that's how new and interesting yeah. things come your way, new opportunities. They keep you in mind when something like awesome yeah. comes that would benefit you both. Yes. So thank you, Kyla, for saying yes to my invitation, <laughs> whether it was eventually for coffee or ice cream, <laughs> whatever. But uh, I really appreciate this conversation, okay. and I'm delighted to have you as part of our broad network here at Bossed Up. Tell us where we can learn more about you and the amazing work y'all are doing at Better Up. Yes. yes. LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Go check out Better Up's website. We have all kinds of fun research access to the latest and greatest thinking about how to thrive personally and professionally. I think it's, you're doing amazing work. I love talking to you because I think there's a lot of alignment in, in what we're doing. Yeah. And um, it's really, it's really important. So thanks for the work you do. Absolutely. Thank you, Kyla. For links and helpful resources related to all the things that Kyla and I just talked through, head to our show notes at bossedup.org slash episode 375. That's bossedup.org slash episode 375. And if you're interested in creating more space and time for reflection and gratitude, as well as clarifying your goals in the year ahead, don't miss the chance to order your very own Bossed Up Life Tracker Planner. Our limited edition 2023 covers are out and available now at bossedup.org slash planner. And finally, we're enrolling now for our January launch of Level Up, our leadership accelerator for emerging and team leaders. Learn more at bossedup.org slash up. Until next time, let's keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.